Hey, honored to have you with us as we are in week five, the end of our series called Laying with Lions, and we've been talking about ridiculous faith. What does that look like, and what does that act like, and even sound like, and what does it mean to have ridiculous faith, and it's all coming up in this culmination as we get to the end of the year and begin believing God for big things, and as we're thanking God for big things from this past year, we're believing God for bigger things for next year. I I, I want you to go ahead and turn in or on your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't have your Bibles on your phone or maybe a physical Bible, it'll come up on the screen, Uh, but we do encourage using a paper Bible. I think it's there's something powerful. Ephesians chapter 6 is where we are going to hang. As we're doing that, I got two prayer points and a celebration I want to give you, or or, or announcement I want to give you real quick. Number one, I want to ask you to continue praying. Uh, for our end-of-year offering coming up on December the 10th. Pray with me and my family and our leadership, um, and, and we're asking you to join us in this. On December the 10th, we're just asking God, hey, what's a stretch of faith gift over and above our normal tithe that we can give uh, to end the year strong and start the year strong? Here's what we're doing. We're basically asking God, hey, what's a stretching gift for me and my family uh, that we can give and thanks or in uh, appreciation for what you've done in 2023. The beautiful thing is in 2023, we had the greatest year of ministry we've ever had in the history of Radiate Church in 11 and a half years. I love it so much. Um, and, and I'm believing that there's so much more that God wants to do. Uh, I believe that God does things to build on them, not, to in, not just to end them. And I think God's building something. And so we're going to give an appreciation for what he's done in 2023 and give an anticipation for what he's going to do in 2024. The truth of the matter is, everybody, because I get this question, uh, everybody's gift looks different, right? And that's okay. We're just asking, what's a stretch gift from God to, through you? And uh, we're just asking you to pray about that. For some people, it's $10, and that's a stretch. And for you, I'd say you need to give that with gratitude and watch God change your life. For some people, you can write a $10,000 check, and it's not even going to stretch you. And I would just say, ask God and follow God and watch him change your life. My, me and my family are gearing up and being a part of this and uh, of what it is, and it's going to be a stretch offering for for us, but the truth of the matter is that's not even going to touch what some other people can do. And I'm just grateful I get to be a part of changing lives like that and, and taking steps of faith, ridiculous faith in that. I want to ask you to continue praying over that. Continue praying over uh, Florence because next Sunday they begin going to two services from here on out. Let's go. It didn't even take them six months to move to that, y'all. It's crazy. I just started having services in their new facility in August, and so we're moving them to 9.30 and 11 to make room, um, convenient that we just sang that, um, make room for more people to hear about the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. So just pray for them as they continue to um, um, watch God change lives, and if you know anybody in Florence, please get the word out and let them know what God's doing there. And then I want to go ahead and tell you, give you a heads up on our Christmas at Radiate. Services. All right, we'll go ahead and tell you that. Uh, invites are coming out in a couple weeks, but I want to go ahead and get you, let you know so that you can start inviting your friends and family. Um, next week, we start a Christmas series, but on Christmas at Radiate is December 24th. I love it when our services can fall on Christmas Eve. It just makes it so easy. I love it. I'm like, God, can we do that every year? And he's like, yeah, the calendar don't work that way. But... 
Christmas at Radio is December 24th. Here in Columbia, it's actually 23rd and 24th. We're doing a 6 p.m. Saturday night service and our normal three on Sunday morning to create more room so that we can pack out the room four times and watch Jesus change lives forever as we celebrate the, risen, uh, uh, the birth of a risen Savior. And then in Florence, it's their normal 9.30 and 11 o'clock services. So we'll have six services all together. Uh, we are gonna include a little bit of candlelight because some people have been asking, are we doing that? That's a part of our, our Christmas services this year. And so we're super excited about that. Go ahead, 6 p.m. on Saturday, normal three on Sunday. We're gonna pack the room and watch Jesus change lives for eternity. And I don't know about you, but I am ready for some Christmas time. All right, there you go, there you go. You get, y'all are like, is he going to keep talking? Because I don't know, I'll clap now. So we've been in this series, Laying with Lions, and if, if there's anything, if you've been a part of the whole series, there's something I really want you to take away, and if you've been a part of just today, there's something I really want you to take away, and it's the same idea, and it's this. There is more in you than you realize. You can do more than you think you can do. You can do more with Christ than you think you can do. And I want to encourage you with this thought. God is bigger than you think he is. God is bigger than, yeah, but I think God is real big. He's bigger than that. Whatever your greatest, grandest thought of God is, he's bigger than that. There is more in you. There is more in God. There is more from God. God is bigger than we realize. And the whole idea of this series is if God is that big, If God has called us to do that much, what does it mean for our lives to indicate that, to mimic that, to be a replication of the idea that we serve a big God? I just think that if we serve a big God, we should probably live like it. Amen? We should live like it. Our our prayers should be like it, right? We shouldn't be afraid to pray big prayers if we serve a big God. I got two people with me today. Y'all going to have to help me a little bit more than that today. Yeah, we, we shouldn't be afraid to worship big whenever we serve a big God, right? We shouldn't be able to declare, we shouldn't have a hard time declaring big things in Scripture if we serve a big God. What does it look like to have a bold faith in a big God? And we've been talking about that. This is going on the fifth week of it. And here's what I know. Here's what I know. There's many of us in the room, there's many of us that have surrendered our lives to Christ that have a struggle stepping out in ridiculous faith to do things that seem crazy in the moment, but we know that God is big enough to do it, and it is a struggle to step out. And the reason is, there's a couple of reasons. One, for some of you, you struggle to walk in ridiculous faith simply because you're tired of getting hit over and over and over. For some people, I had, I had somebody tell me one time that they don't go to church because every time they started going to church, bad things started happening. And I'm like, that's because you're moving in the right direction. When you go against the grain, it gets a little tougher sometimes. You know, and, and the truth is, is like, if God is that big, then you're going to start getting some attacks whenever you start walking with him. It's gonna look different. It's called ridiculous faith on purpose. It's called bold faith on purpose. What does that look like? And you're tired. And can I tell you, I get it. I get it. And for some of you, it's not even that you're tired of getting hit. It's just that you've seen other people get hit so much. And you've heard the phrase, I've heard the phrase, learn from other people's history so you don't have to repeat it, right? And you're like, I've seen what happens. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm comfortable in my padded seat. 
and I'm comfortable putting a tip in the offering plate when it comes by. Y'all ain't with me. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I just, like, leave me alone, devil. And can I just tell you something? There is absolutely an enemy after your soul. There is absolutely an enemy after your life, but there's also absolutely a God after you. And there's absolutely a God that loves you, and there's absolutely a God that's with you. And so, I, honestly, if I'm going to be transparent, I get it. I get why it's a struggle. I get, I get feeling like I just am tired of getting punched in the face, you know? I'm tired of watching my friends get hit in, in the face. I know as a pastor, it, it, there's this idea that I'm supposed to, like, glow in the dark and float everywhere that I go, right? People look at me and they're like, well, I got a problem and you're a pastor so you can fix it. And I'm like, dude, I, I, no, I'm not, I'm not like, I can't, right? And then, and then there's people that are like, he's got it all together. I bet his prayers are perfect. And I bet, I bet his, I'm the guy, you know, if you're in ministry, here's what happens. Every time you go to a family outing and there's food involved and you have to like, <laughs> y'all already know where I'm going. If you're involved in ministry, y'all know because you some of y'all serve here and you're like, hey, you change baby's diapers. Why don't you bless the food for us? He's like, my prayers ain't no, like, my prayer may get through the ceiling harder than yours do. I don't know. And like, I, I get it. Like, people are like, and can I tell you, I've been in that same boat. Where I'm like, I'm tired of getting hit, man. I'm tired of watching my friends. There's been times where I'm like, I just want to go home. I want to suck my thumb in the corner and I want to cry a little bit and I'm done. Like, God, I tried it, and it hurts, and it's painful. I'm walking with a friend of mine right now through some difficult things. Like, it hurts sometimes, and it makes you go, I don't know, God. But here, here's what I want to encourage you with, that if God is as big as he says he is, that nothing you go through and nothing anyone else goes through will ever, be, will ever catch him off guard and ever be too big for him. Never. And the reality is, is like, what if I were to tell you that there's a way that you can walk in faith and it's not that it's gonna be easy because if anybody ever tells you following God is easy, they're not preaching the gospel to you. That's not biblical. It, it's not that it's gonna be easy, it's just that it, it's able to be persevered. And it's able to be persevered better and you can fight better because there is an enemy after your soul and you can fight stronger. Here's, here's what I want you to title the message today. Fight from, not for. Fight from, when you fight from and not for, you walk different. You can, you can take steps of faith different. When I'm fighting from something, I don't have to worry about if I can get it. So I, I told this story in the first service when, when I was in high school and, and in college, I would go to football games and I would regularly go to a football game and not have a ticket. Now, I don't know if you realize this. Maybe you've never been to a football game, but you need a ticket to get in. <laughs> and I would go without a ticket. And the older I got, I don't know if I just got more aware of the idea that you need a ticket to get in. But the older I get, I got there, I would get there and then I'd start freaking out. Like, what if I don't get in? And what if I'm separated from the people that I'm with? And what if, I, what if this doesn't work? And what if, I'm, what if they sell me a fake ticket? And I'm not, like all this stuff, right? And you're kind of like, oh my goodness, I gotta go find a ticket. Like, I gotta figure this thing out. And I was greatly at peace when I showed up to the game with a ticket in my pocket. I don't have to worry about finding a ticket. I don't have to worry about fake tickets. I don't have to worry about getting ripped off for a ticket. Why? I got a ticket in my pocket. And some of us, we enter spiritual fights the same way. 
We show up and we're like, God, maybe if, all right, God, I'm going to worship extra hard on this Sunday because I know what's coming up on Monday and I'm going to fight for a little bit of strength today. Can I tell you something? You don't have to fight for anything. God already loves you and you already have everything you need in your life with him, with him. He's already given you grace. He's already given you forgiveness. He's already given you goodness. He's already given you strength. In Christ, we have all that we need. You have all that you need in Christ. It's fighting from, not for. When you know that you have what you need, you operate differently. You operate differently. Because when you think that you got to fight for something, you'll go anywhere to get it. I've, I've got to have a little peace, man. I ain't got no peace in my life. I've got to go find peace. And we go everywhere. What is the closest place for me to, 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 to grab peace? And the world and everybody else will tell us 15 different ways. And Jesus is like, just come to me. You can fight from peace, live from peace. You don't have to fight for it. And we're sitting there going, God, if I raise my hands, like if I jump today, will I get peace? God, if I, if I serve extra hard, like God, I'm gonna change not one baby's diaper, I'm gonna change two today. Will I get peace? God, I'm not just gonna tip $5, I'm gonna tip 10 today. Will I get peace? Notice there's a difference in tip and tithe, but we'll talk about that later. All this stuff, watch, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. The reality is, is when I know that I have everything that I need, everything I do is in reaction and from the stance of strength, not the stance of reward. And there is absolutely a battle that is happening for your life and for my life. And I don't have to look anywhere else for what I need other than through Jesus. Because I have it. I can fight from it, not for it. I don't worship God to make him smile. I worship God because he's already given me all that I can ever, ever need in my life. I don't pray to God so that he, all right, checkbox, God, you're proud of me. No, I pray to God because I can't get through the day without him. I don't serve the church simply because maybe God will be proud of me if I do. I serve the church because the church is the body of Christ and you don't mess with the bride of Christ and I'm gonna build the bride of Christ so we can expand the kingdom of God throughout the universe and throughout the world and I'm gonna change my community through the word of God. You see the difference? I'm I'm, I'm serving from, not, not for. And there's actually a, a scripture, there's a series of scriptures that have become pretty popular in the Christian circle in Ephesians chapter six, uh, verses one, or, or not one, sorry, uh, 10 through 18. And we're gonna look through this idea of call, it's called the armor of God. And, and, and I'm glad you're asking me, like, what does the armor of God have to do with faith? Like, I'm so glad you came ready with questions today. Because I think that actually having the armor of God has everything to do with faith. I think it has every, and I think it has everything to do with the idea of why it's difficult for some of us to walk in faith. Because the armor of God is actually a way that God has given us and he goes, you don't have to fight for protection, I've already given it to you. You don't have to fight for provision, I've already given it to you. Let's, let's read this together. Verses 10 through 18 of Ephesians chapter six, it says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Here's what, here's what Paul's saying to the church of Ephesus. He's saying, be strong in the Lord and, and in the strength of his might. Here's what he's saying. You stand up, you straighten your spine, you hold your head up, you bow your chest out, you flex what little bit of muscle you got, and you are proud of the fact that you are standing in his might, in his strength, in his ability, in his protection, in his provision, in his ability, not yours. He's going, you stand strong in him, not in you. Because he can do way more than you could ever do. And I think that's what he would say to us today. Verse 11, it says, put on the full armor of God. 
so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Again, there is an enemy that is coming for your soul. There is an enemy that, and, and hear me, he doesn't have to destroy you if he can distract you. We live in a world of distractions, and so now we're living a life of destroyed, of being destroyed, because we're distracted from everything about God. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, verse 13, therefore... Take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In verse 18, after you've done all of that with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. I love that he goes, hey, after you've put on the armor of God, then you begin to pray. Why? Because the moment you begin to seek help from a spiritual force, spiritual forces will begin to come against you. I know you're kind of like, well, this is like sci-fi stuff. No, this is real stuff. This is the reality of the way that things go. Here's what I want you to know. Spiritual fights require spiritual help. That's good. That's good. You will never win a spiritual battle with physical help. You can't do it just by earning more and just by serving more and just by giving. Like those are a reaction of spiritual help. I get help from God. I get help from the Spirit. I get help from Jesus. And the reality is... That when I try to do it within myself, I will lose the battle. I will lose the battle. I can't do it without him. I can't do it. And, and here's what has become like a fear of mine and something that I've realized is that the armor of God has become in our lives as Christians such a Sunday school story. Such a Bible school story. Like I tried to find like good armor that I could wear today that like made me look more buff than I actually am, right? Like, that look good. And I was like, y'all, this is all, like, Bible school stuff for kids. Like, there's nothing. And I'm not saying they should make some for adults, because I honestly think if you walk around wearing that, you're probably weird. But <laughs> I tried to find something to put on. But watch this. We've made it such a Sunday school version. Wow. We've made it such a Sunday school story that the armor of God has become an illustration on how to be good people. When it was when it was given to be an illustration of how to be a faithful warrior. Wow, that's good. It was never meant to make you a good person. Good people will not always make it to heaven. You gotta understand, there's a difference. Good moral people will not always make it to heaven. Faithful followers of Jesus will make it to heaven. Faithful followers of Jesus have, get to partake in the kingdom of God, not just good moral people. Well, I'm good, I'm moral, I pay my taxes, I treat people well, I do this, I do that. Great, awesome. Where's your relationship with Jesus? Where is your relationship with God? And what I'm afraid of is we've turned this into such a sissified version, if I can say it that way, of make me a good person that God's going, I never meant for it to make you a good person. I meant for it to make you a protected, faithful warrior of God. And I think there's a moment, there's just something in me right now that I am so sick and tired of watching God's people cower down to the enemy's attacks. 
Like, oh, you know, it's just, we're supposed to, you know, just love them. And I'm like, yeah, love them, but like fight, fight. You got to fight for the right. Well, we got to get in this thing and figure out what is it, what does it look like to fight? What does it look like to have some spiritual authority in my life? And I'm afraid that the enemy has convinced us that all we have to do is pray a prayer and that's it. And at the end of the day, we're done. But I want to tell you something. If you've given your life to Jesus, you've got a spiritual authority on the inside of you that allows you to stand up and fight a little bit. The truth of God should rise up and go, no, I'm not about that. I love you. I don't love that. And you can stand for that, but I refuse to. And you can be, and I'm not going to do it anymore. And we're in this thing, and so we have to wake up every day, I believe, and put on the power and the armor of God. What does that look like? Well, How do we live from the protection and provision of God and the armor of God? I want to walk through the armor real quick. Now, I'm going to do this quick. This is not a comprehensive view. There's so much you can learn from each piece. But I'm going to give you a thought because hopefully my heart is that we'll hear something and go, oh man, I need to do that more. I need to put on that piece of armor more. Like I'm doing good at the other five pieces, but I need these two pieces. I need this piece. I need this. I need that. Whatever it is, where are we in this? Let's, let's walk through it real quick. It says to put on the belt of truth. How many of you know if your pants are too big and you ain't got a belt on, there's a problem. And if it ain't happened yet, it will as soon as you grab both hands of the groceries. (laughs) And the reality is, watch this, and I say that to be funny, but I say that to be real. Because in that day, they wore a belt around their tunic. Because they did not want, as they were walking, their tunic or their, their robe, if you will, to get snagged or caught on something as they were traveling. And he says, the belt of truth, watch this, the truth is what holds everything together. And hear me, it's not about my truth and your truth. That is a myth. It is about truth in general. Because truth doesn't change, truth just exists. And that's just the way it is. And he says, put on the belt of truth. In other words, there is something that will hold you together that as you travel in this life, that you will not get snagged or caught up or slowed down. Why? Because I I stand and what's held me together is truth. Not emotions, not feelings, not my truth, your truth, that truth, or my opinion. Some of us think our opinion is truth. I don't want to get into that. Anyway, because y'all already like, you on thin ice. No, the truth holds us together. Truth is character. Truth is integrity. Truth binds something together. And not only does truth hold us together to keep us walking without getting snagged. Watch this. Truth, in that day, that belt held their weapons Watch it. Truth is a weapon. And when we use our weapons for anything other than truth, we're using them to harm people rather than help people. That's why, the, that's why Jesus says, I come in grace and truth, not or truth. Because if you have too much grace and no truth, you're just too passive. But if you have all truth and no grace, you're just a jerk. I know, y'all like, I never sat. And sir, like, what's going on? It's just about, if we aren't held together by God's truth, watch this, we will be held together by someone else's lies. If I'm not held together by God's truth, I will be held together by someone else's lies. And so I have to base my life, I have to gird myself, I have to protect myself, I have to to hold myself together with the truth of God, the belt of truth. 
And then there's the breastplate of righteousness. And, and, and again, I was trying to find this armor and I couldn't find it correctly that would like really dictate or, 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 or depict this thing right. But the, the breastplate of righteousness, if you think of a Roman soldier, he, he, he wore it around his neck and it came down and it, and it kind of came down the sides right here and it, and it, it just kind of hung and it, and it protected his, his heart and his organs and it was like a chain, a small chain link, like a, a, a thing that hung from his neck and it would protect uh, his heart from getting pierced or his organs from getting pierced uh, because if your heart is, is nicked or, or affected, I think you know this, this isn't coming, this isn't like rocket science. If, if your heart is damaged, then it's gonna be hard for you to continue going, right? Yeah. And so it was protecting. You ever heard the phrase chink in the armor? Yeah. You got a chink. Here's what that is. That's, that's a part of the, the interlocking of, 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 the, of, the, of, the, of the fencing or the, the metal there yeah. that has now spread apart and broken. And there's a, there's a weak spot in the armor that they can hit. And it would actually do damage to you when it normally wouldn't. Yeah. That's, that's what that's talking about. And, and so here's what he's saying. The breastplate of righteousness. So now that you have that, I want you to think about this. Righteousness is a right standing relationship with God. It doesn't mean perfect, uh, perfection, right standing relationship with God. Here's what it means. I am in right standing in the sense to where God, you are my God. Jesus, you are my savior. I have submitted my life to you. I am not perfect, but I am in unison with you. I'm going to walk with you from this day forward. And that is in the heart. In the moment that our heart gets hit, Righteousness, watch this, righteousness should protect us. Right standing relationship protects our heart. And Jesus, or, or Paul, excuse me, is going, protect your heart with a right standing relationship with God. You can protect the vital parts of your life by being in relationship with the Father. The breastplate of righteousness. And then it goes on and it says the gospel or the shoes shod with the, with the gospel of peace. Here, here's what I think about a lot of times. We should bring peace as followers of Jesus everywhere we go. That's good. What is the opposite of peace? Chaos. So if I'm always bringing drama and chaos somewhere, am I walking in the gospel? The gospel brings peace. The gospel brings joy. The gospel brings forgiveness. Now, football season's coming to an end, and baseball season just ended, and, and, and soccer season is, is, is happening, like, it seems like every, all the time, and all this stuff is going on. But if you think about the shoes that they wear in those sports, they're called what? Cleats. Why? Because at the bottom, there's, there's knobs on the bottom of the shoe, right, that give them good footing and good standing so that they can get good grip, and if you're pushed against, you can kind of fight against it. And, and, and when it says this, here, here's reality of a Roman soldier's shoes, they actually wore cleats to fight. And it's because when they got in a fight, they needed good grip so that they weren't pushed back and their feet didn't slip and all this stuff. It, it was better for them to have firm foundation on what they were doing. Watch this. When he says your shoes should be shod with your feet should be shod with the gospel of peace, here's what he's saying: peace should be your firm grip onto what you're standing in in that moment. Wow. When you have peace about what God has asked you to do, I can put my feet in and dig my feet in, and I can fight for what I know is right. And the reality is, is God's given me peace about this. 
You've had those moments with your kids or with your life or with your spouse or with your faith or with your job or with your finance, you, you could, you, any of that, to where you know something's right and somebody's like, I don't know about that and you dig in almost and you fight back and you're like, no, I know this is right. This is what we're gonna do. Da, 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 da. I know what, what you're doing is you're going, I have a piece about this and I'm digging in and I'm getting good footing in this thing. That is the gospel of peace. And if we aren't helping people get a better grip on their life with God, then are we really carrying the gospel? If all I'm doing is stirring up drama on social media and with relationship and in conversations, if that's all I'm doing, can I be real? I don't know if we're carrying the gospel we think we are. Because it should bring feast, uh, a peace and a feast. It should bring Peace, it should bring a firm foundation of who we are and who God wants us to be. And then it says to have the shield of faith. The shield of faith extinguishes arrows. So I want you to think about this, about two and a half foot wide uh, air, uh, shield and about three to three, four feet tall. And it had uh, latches on the back that you held it. It was made of wood and it had a, a, a piece or a, 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 a layer of leather over the front. And what it would literally do is they would, they would shoot regular arrows, but what they would normally do is they dip an arrow in oil, light it on fire, and shoot it at you. Here's why. Because they didn't just want it to make an impact, they wanted the impact to spread. And so the leather would soften the blow and extinguish the fire. And so they would use that and knock down. Now watch this. This is where I believe offense takes over our life. I believe we live in a constant state of offense whenever we cannot hold our shield of faith anymore. Because now what was meant to be an impact, it was just a passing look or something nobody meant to do, but it's ruined your life for the past three months. And so now the impact has caught fire. And everything in your life is dictated by offense because somebody looked at you wrong when they didn't even know they did. Why? Because your life is in shambles because it's caught on fire. Why does that happen? Because I put down my shield of faith. Faith, watch this, ridiculous faith. Faith literally disarms the enemy. It disarms the enemy. It looks and goes, you can shoot at me, but I got a faith in a God that's bigger than you. I got a faith in a God that can take everything you put at me. I got it. Keep shooting. Come on, baby. As long as you're shooting at me, you ain't shooting at nobody else. And some of us would go, I'm just tired of getting hit. And God's going, then pull up some faith. Then stand in some faith. Faith disarms the enemy. Sometimes the best way to disarm the enemy is do something ridiculous. For God. Not just out of general. Not just like, I'm just going to do something stupid today. No, don't do that. But for God. All right? And some of you are like, oh, now that makes sense. Bring up. The faith, man, bring up a shield of faith so that it, it disarms the enemy's arrows. And then it says, put on the helmet of salvation. I'm reminded of Romans chapter 12 in this one where it says, put on the helmet of salvation. Romans 12 says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind. Here's the reality. Whenever I've gotten my heart, when I've submitted my heart and my soul to Jesus, my mind should now become in alignment with his. Now, the Bible clearly says his ways and his thoughts are greater and higher than ours are. So I will never actually think like God does. I will never actually think like Jesus does. But I should begin to. Here's part of the issue. This is where religion takes over. Is we will ask Jesus to save our soul, but don't you dare touch my thinking. 
I would rather stay offended by the same things that I've been offended by for 15 years. I just don't want to go to hell. Don't let me think differently about worship than I've ever thought about it before. Don't, I'm going to tell you something, Jesus, listen, I don't want to go to hell, and I don't want nobody else to go to hell, but I also don't want this church to grow. I'm going to back up. I should have brought a shield, Ariana. Don't, I don't want to go to hell, and I don't want nobody else to go to hell, but don't you dare change the way that I think about generosity. Don't you dare change the way I think about loving people. Don't you dare change the way I think about don't you dare change the way I, I think the church should be done because he don't do it that way and I want to be mad about it. The reason it matters that our mind changes is because the more I grow in Christ, the more I should think like he thinks. And I should think about, watch this, what he thinks about. And can I tell you, we fight fights that God's going, I wish you'd shut up about that. I wish you'd care as much about the people that are dying and going to hell that you walk past every day as you do about that. And that's where our lives, our souls are in alignment and now our minds are getting in alignment. And we gotta get to a place where like the helmet of salvation because why did the helmet matter? Because if you got shot in the head, I think it's self-explanatory from that point, right? Watch this. What if I were to tell you one of the greatest ways the enemy comes after you is through your mind? If he can get you to doubt what God wants to do in your life, you'll never walk in it. If he can get you to think that everybody's against you and nobody's for you, think I'll eat some worms. It's an old song. Like half of you know it, half of you don't. We've already been through this once. But if he can get me thinking everybody's against me and nobody's for me, then I'll never actually walk in relationship with anybody. And now I'm in a place of isolation where the enemy can attack me anytime he wants. The helmet of salvation. I gotta keep going. I could, I could teach on that one all day. And then it says the, spirit of, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the Bible says it like this, that the word of God is like a double-edged sword. I love, this, I love this analogy. Why does a double-edged sword matter? Why did they have double-edged swords then? Because then they didn't have the technology we have now. So they fought face-to-face, hand-to-hand. And so whenever they used a sword to cut, they didn't have time to go, Wah! stand right there, hang on a second. Wah! They had to just do this number. They were going back and forth through crowds to fight off the enemy away from them and keep them at sword's length or arm's length away from them. Why? So here, here's, here's the reality about the word of God. I, I just need you to know this because I'm trusting and believing that as we go, grow in Christ, we're gonna get, grow in the word. We're gonna learn more about what he says. Watch this. The word is offensive. The Bible is offensive. There's gonna be things you read in the Bible and you're gonna go, God, that offends me. And God's gonna go, what are you gonna do with it? Because watch this. It, it, there's a cut that heals and then there's a cut that hurts. I've had over 15 surgeries due to heart and health complications. And those cuts, I got cut every single time. I got scars all over my body to show you. I won't, I'll spare you. But watch this, those heal me. Just because you get cut doesn't mean you won't get healed. But I've also got scars that you can't see that have hurt me and they were never meant to heal me. 
but God can heal. Watch this. If I put this in the hands of a faithful warrior, it can be a cut that heals. It's a surgery cut. It's God teach me how to be the man, the husband, the father, the leader, the pastor, the friend, the life group leader, the, you, you name it, the CEO that I'm supposed to be with you. That's a healing cut. But whenever we use it in the wrong hands, we use it to hurt. And it's, I'm gonna use this scripture to pinpoint something in your life and I'm gonna ignore the the plank in my eye so that I can point out the speck in yours. And that is hurtful swinging. That is hurtful. And we gotta come to a place to where we go, you know what, Jesus, what do you want me to do with my weapon? How does this affect my life? And now here's, here's, here's a thought that I need you to pray about. God, what do I need to do to put on the armor of God every day? Because I don't think that we can walk in ridiculous faith until we have learned to protect ourselves from God's gra- uh, with God's grace. And, and to fight and walk from power and protection and not for it. Now there's one part of the armor that I do wanna talk about for a second that is not in there and it is this. The back is exposed in this armor. Do you know why? Well, they didn't know what to do, no. Because somebody was always fighting behind them. We, we got to learn to be in relationship with people that are going to fight and have your back. Pastor Travis and I say it like this, got your six. I got your six. We're going out. I got your six. I got your six o'clock. I'm behind you. And, and we're back to back. We're back to back. Why? Because I'll fight what you can't see if you'll fight what I can't see. Because everybody in this room has blind spots you know nothing about. But if every time somebody in your life points out a blind spot and you push them away, you're asking your protection to walk away. We need relationship to where we're back to back and we're protecting each other and we're walking this thing out in the power of God because there's more in you, there's more for you, there's more in God, there's more with God. And the thing about God's armor is this, watch this, it only works when it's on. The reason most of us, including myself, get to a place to where I can't walk in faith because I'm tired of getting hit is not because I don't have his protection. It's because it's sitting on the floor and it's not even on. I haven't put it on. And God's going, I've given you all the protection you need. I've given you the belt of truth. I've given you the gospel of peace. I've given you the shield of faith. I've given you the helmet of salvation. I've given you the sword of the spirit. I've given you the breastplate of righteousness. I've given you all of that. And I've given you people that you can go back to back with and take spiritual ground with and you leave it on the floor. I don't want you getting hit with the, with the arrows of fire. I don't want you getting hit by the enemy. I've given you all the protection you need. I need you to quit working for what I've already given you. I need you to work from it. I need you to fight from it. I need you to fight with it. I need you to walk in it because you can't walk out what you won't walk in. And we gotta get to a place where we're like, let's go. It's time for me to walk in the power of God and I'm gonna put on the armor of God and walk this thing out with the grace of God through the salvation of Jesus because he's already got me in the palm of his hands. And I need somebody in the room to understand something. You feel beat up and you feel like there's darts in your back and there's fires in your life and I need you to know something. You get to work from victory. You get to fight from victory because all you need is already in him. You got it. And for some of you, you're like, I need that. And your first step 
is to just go, I'm surrendering to Jesus first. Because the armor of God is only available to those that walk in the relationship with God. And I've got to do that first. I don't have access to the armor. I don't have access to his relationship and his power until I walk into his salvation. And it's not the prayer that saves you. It's the confession and belief that he is Lord and that he has paid the debt that we can't pay to redeem a relationship with us. And all we gotta do is go, God, I want that. I believe that. And I'm not gonna be perfect, but I will be faithful and I'll walk with you and you love me right where I am, but too much to leave me there and I wanna be something better with you. And so for some of you, that's your first step. And I'm gonna pray that with you in here in just a moment. And you're gonna join so many people that have made that decision this year and actually people that have already made that decision today. And here's the truth, watch this. Some of you are in the room and you're like, I've done that part. And I would just say to you, what part of the armor of God do you need to start putting on? Maybe it's all of it. Maybe you only put on part of it. Maybe whatever. What part of the armor of God so that I can be stretched in the faith of God? And I wanna pray with you too. So if you would, just bow your heads and let's ask God in this moment, if you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus and accept the salvation. You're gonna hear a little bit of moving around. All anybody's doing is getting ready to provide an excellent experience on your way out today. Right now, it's just you and God. And if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, I beg you to pray this prayer with me and don't leave here without making the greatest decision of your life. And again, it's not the prayer that saves you, it's the belief. The Bible says that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that he is Lord, then I too shall be saved. And that's what this prayer is gonna do. Just pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I give you everything that I have. I ask that you forgive my past, that you forgive my present, and that you redeem my future. Help me to walk in salvation and forgiveness with you. I love you. Thank you for dying on the cross to be a sacrifice for the sin that I cannot pay. God, thank you for making room for me in the family of God. Walk with me day by day, step by step, because I'm not trying to be perfect and I'm not gonna be, but I do wanna progress towards you in a greater relationship with you each day. Now, if you pray that prayer as people continue to pray all across this room, and you gave your life to Jesus today, I would love for you to just hold your hand up real high and go right here. I prayed that prayer. I gave my life to Jesus. I asked for forgiveness today. And I started a new relationship with him from today through eternity. I'd love, love, love to know who I prayed with and who made that decision today. Now, I'd love to pray with everybody in the room. Father God, we love you. We honor you. And I pray that you would teach us how to put on the armor of God. God, I'm excited. Like, I, I, don't, I don't wanna be somber and reverent and all that in this moment. I'm excited because I believe it's time to walk out and be faithful warriors. So teach us how to put on the armor. Teach us how to have ridiculous faith. Stretch us a little bit. What does that look like? What do we need to do moving forward to take ridiculous steps of faith to disarm the enemy so that we can walk with you and we can make a difference changing the world for the kingdom of God. Father, I love you and we honor you. In your name we pray.